0: into a little history here, and is, I don't know if people realize uh, the many Muslims that fought along Adolf Hitler in World War I. Nobody talks about that. They seem to want to erase that Arab history, And, and nobody wants to talk about the fight of the Arabs and slavery, especially Mauritania and throughout Africa, that nobody wants to talk about it anymore, as if it sweeps it under the rug. And people feel that, that the Palestinians in the Arab world are marginalized, they're victims, so we have to embrace them. But do they don't really understand what they're embracing, what, who've been our true allies, and who've stood with freedom and progress throughout history?
1: Yeah, good to see you, um, Armstrong. It's so interesting because the history that gets repeated by those who are supporting Hamas right now is the history that just dates back to the foundation of Israel as a nation. But you can go back into biblical history and recognize that the descendants Jews today as well as uh, Arabs and and, uh, uh, Palestinians are descendants of the sons of Abraham, Ishmael and Isaac. And so this, this conflict has been centuries Uh, probably millennia going on. It's not just something new, but you you hit on the point about this idea that all marginalized people, all people of color are somehow oppressed and anything that seems to be uh, representative of whiteness or colonialism are should be viewed skeptically and should be rejected. And so unfortunately, that is a very basic um, lacking understanding of the nuance and frankly of history. But unfortunately, that's what a lot of journalists a lot of social media influencers and celebrities are spouting, because they simply think that uh, the one, uh, everyone somehow with brown or colored skin is oppressed, and they're willing to turn a blind eye to the brutal, barbaric. Um, beha- uh, you know murderous uh, activities that we've seen coming from Hamas and and by the way Hamas leaders themselves say this is not the end calling <laughs> the idea of calling for a ceasefire will not stop them because they plan to commit more October 7th style uh, attacks against Israels uh, against Israel and against Jew- Jewish people around the world until they're wiped out that should not be anything since anyone stands behind Victoria? You know, I think, as Patrice
2: pointed out, we just don't teach history now. There's so many people that have opinions on things that they have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. They haven't studied the history, they haven't been to the region. Um, you know, I've been to Israel, and I can tell you that when you go down the street, the the street signs are written in Hebrew, in English, and in Arabic. And Israel, as a country, even though it is a Jewish state, it is very multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-religious, and you know, even in Jerusalem itself, you have the quadrants for people of different religions. And so these people have coexisted side by side within Israel, outside of Israel for decades. But for some reason, when somebody throws, uh, you know, a match into the fire, it ignites. And this is what we're seeing today with the Israel and Hamas conflict. And opinions on social media, I think, only seek to exacerbate that.
0: You know, Rob Bluey, um former presidential candidate, Secretary of State and First Lady Hillary Clinton issued a statement recently saying at all costs, Hamas must be destroyed. You can talk about laying down arms and ceasing this conflict all you want, but that is not what Hamas is thinking. And the fact, and she said this is, I know this is going to alienate me from my base, but it has to be said. Even her husband, former President Bill Clinton said Um, during those negotiations where he was trying to bring about a two-state solution. Even in his conversation with Arafat on camera, giving lip service that he wanted a two-state off camera, he told the president himself, and this is in his book, if I push a two-state solution, they will kill me. That would never happen. That's not what they want. How is it that all this, from people who've been on the cutting edge of this from the left to the right, how is it so lost on just students on college campuses and these protests you see from London to China, all around the world about who and what Hamas is. And what it tells us, Rob Lewick, they continue to win the propaganda war. Certainly are, Armstrong. It's uh, really uh, disconcerting that for now more than a generation, college professors have been indoctrinating students with this belief. And you see it playing out on these social media videos and other examples that we are seeing on a daily basis at these Ivy League schools and right here in in Washington, D.C. with uh, Georgetown University as well. So it is of deep concern. Uh, This this debate of good versus evil seems pretty crystal clear to to you and me, Armstrong, but not other people. And I think that there are some steps that we can take. First of all, these university presidents can put their foot down and fire those who are anti-Semitic and outright uh, anti-Jewish in their not only teachings, but their social media posts. And secondly, where are the donors? There are a lot of donors who obviously don't agree with the beliefs of these university professors. Why are they still funding these colleges and universities? They need to cut off the funding and send a strong message that this will not be Tolerated. You know, Bruce, fine. Um, when, when we, I, I want to go back to the history of, of how we get to this place we call Palestine, and how do we, how, how does, how do we fight the propaganda? I mean, even the New York Times, when the hospital was first bombed. At the start of the conflict, the headline was the next day, Israel bombs hospital in Gaza, killing scores of people. And then Reuters and other major news dailies followed this narrative. And then all of a sudden, they had to change. It. Even the president of the United States himself, Biden, was outraged and incensed by it.
2: Well, he was. I'm not sure. You know, they say journalism is the first draft of history. At least they had the decency to correct uh, the misstatements and the after uh, a study of the evidence to suggest it was highly unlikely. It's more likely an errant Hamas rocket or something like that. I think, however, you know, if you want to go back to the history of of Palestine, uh, I don't think it's a history of peaceful coexistence, uh, in part because you have different peoples claiming different territories. As we noted earlier, every boundary in the history of the world is drawn by the sword. It's not drawn by self-determination and that you have votes between the Muslims or the Arabs and the Jews in 1948 to decide what the boundaries would be. Uh, And I think it's a little bit simplistic uh, to paint uh, the world here in prime colors. Uh, It's not at all to defend the horrors of Hamas, uh, but to suggest that the West comes with clean hands, we had slavery, we had Amritsar, The the, all sorts of atrocities happen in wartime. Uh, And David Ben-Gurion, who's not a representative of Hamas, the first prime minister of Israel, he was the founder of Israel, said he could understand the Arabs. We came, we took their land. We believe in our God gave us this land. They don't believe in that, so what do you expect? And he says, if I were an Arab, I would never sign a treaty with Israel. And to be fair as well, talk about a two-state solution. Netanyahu is not in favor of a two-state solution. Hamas isn't either, but I don't think either side but favors I, a I two-state solution. But I want people solution. to
0: think that you're justifying Hamas. <laughs> of course not. Vicious attacks. No, I'm not. I'm not trying. I'm just trying to put it into no. I, I, I get that, but where does it stop? Who stands up and say? Okay, so let me just say. Yeah. Let me. This is the question yeah. that you bring me to. Yeah. What is war? Yeah. War is a legal license to kill innocent civilians in a very ghastly way. We did it in Dresden. We did it with the firebombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. We do it in wars and tens of millions people die. And it's justified. No different than what's going on in Gaza when the the Hamas Kill these innocent people at these festivals and throughout Israel for no reason at all, and now Israel is doing the same. And they said, "This is collateral damage. This is what happens when you declare war. Innocent civilians die."
2: Yeah, and not only that, I think the uh, the real casualties are far higher than the ones who are directly killed in war. Where the water and and is cut off, of yeah. the medicine. Yeah, you got no yes. food, medicine, you got no shelter, you got no hope. Yeah, so you die at age uh, 23 instead of at age you know 83 or something of that sort now you ask well how is this going to stop well the history of mankind unfortunately is a history of war stops and then you have intermissions and then war begins again that's why lincoln called it the greatest scourge in the history of mankind in the second inaugural address i don't have any solution to the constant warfare. Unfortunately, I say, uh, and Lincoln also said, it's the brightness of military glory. It's like the serpent who charms before it destroys. Uh, and I don't think that when, whenever this war concludes, it's not gonna be the end of war, that's for sure. You know, it was said that World War I was gonna be the war to end wars, and now we had the Kellogg Prion Pact that make war illegal. It didn't stop anything. We're into Manchuria, we're into Ethiopia, then we're into Poland within years. Um, and that's a far, far uh, more difficult challenge uh, than even uh, than certainly just the Gaza issue. Uh, and I, again, I'll repeat because I don't want anyone to understate or disbelieve that I think what Hamas did were out-and-out war crimes. Uh, two wrongs do not make a right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode.